So last week we were talking about these words, my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. And I've been on a little journey this last few months about what it means for Father Jesus and Holy Spirit to make their home in me. I've been, uh, I read this book, The Return of the Prodigal by Henry Newman, um, and I read it, and then I went away for a few days and read it again, and uh, there's lots of things underlined in it, because uh, it spoke to me in whole new depths. Most of you who know me know that Luke 15, the par- prodigal parable is one of my favorite stories, and I saw all these new depths, and I'm going to share some of those depths a little bit, but... One of the ways I was deeply challenged by it was to see myself as the younger son in the story uh, that I'd never really seen before. Uh, but we'll get onto that in a little minute. Um, but when I talk about home, it has already happened. Jesus, Father, and Holy Spirit have already made their home in you. That's what this verse says. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. So right now, Father Jesus and Holy Spirit, all three of them are at home in you. And they enjoy it there. They like it there. In fact, they love it there. Because they were designed to live there. So they love being at home in you. And we said last week that they are terrible tenants because they're really difficult to get rid of. (laughs) Because unless you very consciously and very deliberately want to evict them and you have to be very conscious and very deliberate and very purposeful about doing that they kind of like to stay there it's very difficult to get them to leave I mean they will if you really want them to but it's very difficult despite our thought often that they disappear all the time and go somewhere else they are at home in you and they love being at home in you and this whole thing uh, so this is not something uh, whether you know it or not or aware of it or not it's a truth and, and I'm going to say this a few times and have been saying it, your lack of awareness does not make it untrue. It just means you're not aware. Uh, you can be unaware of gravity, but it's still true. Well, the truth is, they have made their home in you. Uh, and hopefully we're going to become more aware of that truth. Um, let's skip that. So this, this book, Henry Newman's book, it's, it's all about the prodigal son. You remember it's a dad, two sons, one runs away, one stays at home. Uh, the younger son uh, basically wishes his dad was dead, runs off, um, eventually comes back. Dad welcomes him home. The elder son stays always at home, but actually was never really at home, even though he was in the house, which is interesting. And he welcomes them both back. That's the basis of the parable. But it's these words that I want to focus on this morning, Luke 15 and verse for there, Simon. It wasn't long before the younger son packed his bags and left for a distant country. There, undisciplined and dissipated, he wasted everything he had. And it's this sense of packing our bags and leaving for a different country because what I've realized is all the time I've packed my bags and left for a distant country where God does not dwell in the hope of trying to find the place where God dwells. And for years, so, so many times it says that this is the message, undisciplined and dissipated, he wasted everything. In many other translations it says he wasted it on wild living, which I couldn't really uh, kind of, what's the word? That's the word, thank you. Relate to because that, that hadn't been my experience. 
I have not really engaged in wild living. Um, I just am. It's just me. It's, it's what happened. It's how I got brought up. It's uh, most of it out of fear of not of worried what would happen if I did. Um, not that I didn't always want to or think it would be good fun. Um, I just never really, I was terrified of what would happen. Probably terrified of what God would do to me as well at the time, to be honest. Uh, and what would be said as I was pastor's kid and all that sort of stuff. But I could never really relate to this idea of external wild living because it wasn't something I'd done. So um, I was like, okay, yeah, younger son, yeah, yeah, whatever. But then I read Newman's book. And I thought about all the ways I'd packed my bags and left for a different country internally, not just externally. And as Newen starts to unfold his journey, I started to see that looking at the younger son through only his external actions was to entirely miss the point of the story. As I read it, I realized that there are many ways to leave home, and some are more obvious than others. So there's the obvious ways of leaving home, the, the, the traditional story of the prodigal where he goes and wastes everything and wants his dad dead. Okay, that's the obvious one, but there's many other ways to leave home. After all, it's more than possible to be in a different location to your house and be at home and equally possible to be in your house and not feel at home. Which begs this question. Have we got it there, Simon? What does it mean to be at home? And I want you to think about it for a little minute. I actually want you to write some things down or, or on your phone or just think about how, what, what does at home mean to you? What does it mean to be at home? And I don't mean I'm in my sitting room in my comfy chair with my favorite glass of whatever. I mean, what does it mean to be at home? Perhaps I've had lots of time to ponder it a few months, but I'm giving you a few minutes. But I just, just have a think about it because it'll be slow. I'm going to share mine in a minute, but just have a ponder. What, what does it mean to be at home? What, what things come to mind? And I'm deliberately not kind of defining it any more than that. Because uh, I want to just see what I think it's helpful for you to ponder it. And the reason I'm doing it is because this, this morning, if you want a title, this morning's title is Leaving Home. And as we'll, as we'll explore, until you know what home is, you can't work out whether you've left or not. For me, this is, this is what I put. Home is a place of safety. It's a place of belonging. And it's a place I can be me. So for me, that's what home. When I think of home, that's what I think of. A place of safety, a place. Yours might be different, and that's fine. There's no right or wrong. It's what it is to you. And mine may well have changed over the years, and it may well change going into the future. I'm not sure. But, but for me, when I think about home, I think about a place of safety, a place of belonging, a place that I can be me. Newen defines it much more beautifully than I can. Home is a place beyond earning, deserving, and rewarding, a place of surrender and complete trust. To make my home where God has made his is the greatest spiritual challenge. But home 
is a place beyond earning, deserving, and rewarding. And I think, even as I read that and as I pondered it, something in me just goes, oh, yeah. A place beyond earning, rewarding, deserving. There's something that in me just goes, oh, that sounds amazing. And then I realize how little time I spend at home. If that is home, which I believe it is, I realize how little time I actually spend at home. But I have to agree with him that it does feel like if I'm trying to describe home, to me it like kind of it hits the mark somehow. There's something deep within me that yearns to live within a place where I stop striving to earn love and acceptance, where, where I stop striving to think that I deserve things or not because of what I do or don't do. That feels like a place called home where I move from striving to make sure people love me or care for me or I'm trying to impress them or um, I, I, I feel like I should be rewarded because I've done this, that, or I shouldn't be rewarded because I've not done this or not done that. That feels like a place of home. But before we can talk about coming home, we have to talk about the reality of leaving. And maybe at this point, some of you are going, well, I, I can't have left home because I've never actually been there. Because I don't know what it is to be in a place of beyond earning, deserving, and rewarding, a place of surrender and complete trust. But that's not quite true. You may not be aware of it. And as I'm going to keep saying, your lack of awareness does not make it true. It simply means you're not aware. But if you were in him before the foundation of the world, then you know what it is to be at home. If you were with him before you were in this body, then you know exactly what it means to be at home. So you have known it, and you will know it, and you're increasingly knowing it. The other part is that part of you is always at home, because your spirit is at home. So part of you is absolutely at home all the time. That's why all this talk about living from your spirit and all that stuff we're going on about all the time now is so important. Because when you learn to live in that place, you learn to live at home. Because that's where he is. Of course, we come back to this truth about awareness and which reality we choose to focus on and live in. Your spirit has never left home. It never can because it's where he dwells, who is always at home. But if we live continually in our mind and body, then of course it's doubtful we'll ever feel at home. Which is why he says to make my home where God has made his is the greatest spiritual challenge. What he's really saying, I think, is that in order to live from our spirits is the greatest spiritual challenge. And it's the greatest spiritual challenge because it demands that we accept love, forgiveness, and healing. And we are much better givers than we are receivers. This is why we find it so difficult to just sit and accept something. Because our head tells us all the reasons why we can't, and it goes and all these things. And it's why, it's why everything about Christianity is super simple and yet super complex. It's really super simple. He loves you. Accept it. And you've won. But that's a lifetime's journey. But when you have to boil it down, that's just it. That's just it. To learn to be at home and is to learn to accept his love and his goodness. Or as Newen says, coming home and staying there, where God dwells, listening to the voice of truth and love, that was indeed the journey I most feared. Would I be ready to accept that love?
he talks very openly and honestly about his own journey. But for him, he goes, I'm not sure I'm ready to accept it yet. I'm not sure I'm ready to be in a place where I can accept that love because guess what? I know all about me. And so in a sense, it's this figured journey. And of course, this is the deepest challenge to accept that we're loved as we are. This is how we break free from a life of earning and deserving and rewarding. And in order to do that, will require us to live in a place of surrender and complete trust, which we find incredibly difficult. So we have to talk about leaving home, but of course we have to understand what we're leaving. Which is why I wanted you to think through what home was to you. Because before you can return, you have to leave. And before you can come back, you have to go. And in every return, there's an implicit leaving. In every coming back, there's an implicit going. So there's this to and forth all the time. So if you're not at home, you've got to work out, well, why am I not at home? And if you think you are at home, when you're not, you're never going to find it. Which is why I wanted you to think through what it means to be at home. And then ask yourself, how often do I live in that place? Can you start to see that if you've been like me and struggled to uh, connect with the younger son, can you see that perhaps increasingly you have left home? If home is not about wild living, but home is actually about moving on from earning and deserving and rewarding, then... Maybe we've left home a lot. Every time we don't give complete trust in Jesus to meet our needs, we leave home. Every time we go looking for love, affection, affirmation, acceptance, value outside of Jesus, we leave home. It would be fair to say most of us visit home very rarely. We pack our bags and leave for a distant country most of the time. Hence, we live frustrated lives where we come to believe that if we just pack our bags from this place and set off to another place, everything will be okay. We fall for the lie time and time again that if only we can get this problem sorted then all will be well. If we just get through this season something will shift and change but guess what? It doesn't because the only way we can ever be satisfied is when we learn to come home and live there. And that, as Newman says, and I agree, is the greatest spiritual challenge. So what happens is that most people Instead of actually working out how they can come home, roam endlessly through various distant countries, as it were, and because they seem a little Christian in nature, they think they are at home. But to truly be at home, to truly be at home, means to move beyond earning, deserving, and rewarding. So when I thought about home, I thought about these things. So I've had to ask myself, Okay, that's what it means for me to be at home then. And um, there may well be certain people in certain places that I can sense that, that I feel like I belong, that I feel safe, that I feel I can be me. Um, but, but if I'm going to be at home in Jesus, all those things can be true wherever I am and whoever I'm with. And of course, if we manage to feel at home, if, if there's some things on our list and there are people or places we can be, then hey, that's wonderful. We've, how blessed are we? If there is a place where we can feel at home or people we can feel at home with, that is incredibly wonderful. And you are one of the most blessed people on the face of the earth, if that's true. Because I tell you, most people don't have a clue what it means to be at home or people they can feel at home with. So first of all, if that's you, you're doing well. 
but for me, I, I've had to ask, how, how do I try and create a place of safety? Because true safety is found when you're at home. That's what the story of Jesus in the storm tells you all about that we talked about for like a couple of years. Creating a place of safety isn't about avoiding storms or conflict or people you can't stand. It's about learning you are safe in the midst of a storm. Can I walk down the street and be at home? This is how I know I'm increasingly at home. Is that a number, or one of the ways, a number of years ago, if I walked into a room of people I did not know, I would not feel at home, not one bit. I wouldn't enjoy it. I wouldn't look forward to it. I definitely wouldn't want to talk to anybody, and I wouldn't have a conversation. But I'm learning more and more to be at home. I'm learning more and more who I am and who God's made me to be. So the other day, I took some work with me. I was watching Lisa play cricket for Yorkshire. I took some work with me, and... Um, I think I opened my laptop for about five minutes because I spent the whole day talking to all these other mums and dads and coaches and having these great conversations with people and it was fantastic. And I realized as I was preparing this, I was like, ah, I'm becoming more at home. I mean, you know, one of my favorite places is watching cricket and my super favorite place is watching Alyssa play cricket. But, so the place was good. But I was on my own. There was nobody else there. Faye wasn't there. Alyssa was obviously on the pitch and with the team, so I wasn't with her. You've got to learn to be more at home. I have to ask, how, how do I create a place of belonging? How do I try and belong? How do I create a place for me to be me? Which is a huge question with multiple layers, but... But the thing is, until you've defined, first of all, you have to define what it means to be home. And then you've got to look at, okay, how have I tried to create that? And any of the ways you've tried to create outside of Jesus means you've missed the opportunity to be at home. And of course, that, that demands you to ask yourself some serious questions. Because in order to be at home, we have to work out all the ways we've left which means being humble enough to admit to ourselves that we're not at home in Jesus and that we've tried to create home ourselves in all sorts of ways and not done a brilliant job of it. We have to admit to ourselves that in many obvious and subtle ways we've packed our bags and left for a different country. Very few people find home because, as Newen says, it is the greatest spiritual challenge and the journey we most fear. But the other reason people don't find home is they don't have a family to journey home with. And one of the incredible joys of being together is that we can journey together and help each other find home. Help each other come to a place of home. Have different expressions of what home is and what home means. Because what home is to me may be very different from you. That's fine. But ultimately, you can only really be at home when you come to the peace with the truth that he's at home in you and you are at home in him. And it is a great challenge and a journey we must fear. At the same time, though, it's also what we were created for and long for. It's like the destination that's been pre-programmed into the sat-nav of your life. And the only place you will ever truly feel complete. But have a look at your list or sometime later on keep thinking about it. Because it's been profound to me to explore this idea of being at home and all the ways I try and get home. My guess is that for most of us, we experience some measure of those things when around certain people or a certain place. That's fantastic. But take yourself out of that place. Take yourself with people you don't know or in places you're unfamiliar with 
are people you don't agree with, are people who don't think like you. Are you at home there? Because he's at home in you there. So he hasn't changed. It just tells us we've learned to be at home by our external surroundings, not by our internal surroundings. We've created the external conditions to be at home. And of course, if you've managed to do that, you'll have worked very hard. Because to have relationships where you can feel at home and be at ease and be yourself, if you are blessed enough to have one or two or more of those, you will have worked really hard. Because it takes a lot to get to that place. But I feel a call in Jesus to go way beyond that. Way beyond that. A call in him that I can sit with anybody and know that I'm at home. That I can be anywhere in the world and know that I'm at home. That I can be doing whatever he calls me to do and be at home. And I am a long way from that place. But there's a yearning in my heart to go, I want it. There's something pulling on me, drawing me into this place. That there's a whole greater depth of home that's pulling me somehow. That I'm terrified and excited about all at the same time. Home is a place beyond earning, deserving and rewarding. A place of surrender and trust. you are like me, something in you leaps at those words. Something in you just goes, oh, that sounds amazing. And then, what probably happens next is all sorts of thoughts come in about how difficult it is and how impossible it is and how it can't happen. Well, that is the fight. But I am asking Jesus Take me to that place beyond earning, deserving, and rewarding. More and more. Not just for a moment. Not just, but, but all the time. I want to live in that place, Jesus. Where I am not seeking to earn or deserve or get rewarded. But I'm living in the grace of the day and your acceptance of me as I am. And Jesus, we, we just agree together. Our hearts agree together, Lord. We know that's in each of our hearts because you put it there. You put the desire to be at home in us, Lord. You are the destination of our journey. But Lord, we ask, as you are drawing us, we just thank you for drawing us. And we say yes. We just say yes in Jesus' name. Amen. I think you know that's all you've got to do. Because I know a lot of you will go, okay, what do I have to do then? But th this is not something where, you know, next week I'm not going to come up with a three-point plan and if you do A, B, C, you'll get there. It's not how this stuff works. As much as I would like it to be like that, because that's how my mind works. And it's how I've often taught. But it is just saying yes. 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 
And, and you're all going to get there, by the way. You're all going to get there. So, some, of you are, some of you are finding it easier than others. Some of you are still like, I still don't have a clue what he's on about. Some of you are kind of a bit further on. But you're all going to get there. And we're all going to get there in different ways. We're going to find different experiences. It's all different. There's not going to be one uh, same experience, I don't think, for anybody in the house of it. I mean, there's a million ways to get to Australia, isn't there? Okay, well, there's a million ways to get home. And we'll each go on our own journey. So we've got to give space for each other to go on their journey. We've got to have the discernment to recognize each other's journey. We've got to have the humility to not tell everybody else how to do it our way. But, but give grace to people that do it their way. But something in me, I can only describe it as a gentle excitement. I don't think I've ever used those two words together before, but, but it's like this gentle excitement at the drawing of Jesus. It's a beautiful thing. And I'm going to just keep keep talking about this stuff and we'll key it into the stuff Paul's talking about in terms of kings and priests and lions and lambs because again you, you can't be a king or a priest unless you know you're at home you can't absorb the stuff that goes on unless you're at home but for now just be assured it's okay wherever you're at on the journey He will draw each of us uniquely, individually, and beautifully into that place. So just rest. Take the pressure off the trial. Stop working out what you've got to do. And listen and flow. to share something Steve yeah that means you do well it means you don't but he wants you to so go for it yeah it's just something that I've been um, writing and um, tweaking over the last few weeks really Um, and it's just some lyrics at the moment it's not got any tune or anything but um, it's just my journey and I've be, I keep reading it most days, and so this is just an expression and a reminder and a, a drawing. Um, so I'll just read it out. You're always here, forever close, desiring my full attention, devotion, and love, awakening my heart to knowing yours deeper, romancing like no one else has ever done before. But the noise of this world drowns my deepest longing, and your voice that's calling it gets overlooked and ignored. You're calling me to be face to face. There's no greater place to be in the morning and the evening, in the joy and the weeping, face to face. You desire me to be face to face. Safety in this oneness, this is my home. There's no other place like it. None can ever match it, face to face. You're my every breath, my life support, my secret place of refuge, my heart connection. I'll abide in your love, the safest of places, 
resting and knowing that there's no one else like you. When I'm captured by your beauty and your grace, I see that you're perfect from every angle in every way. And I am undone by your great love. It's all about love. It's all about me and you. You're set on capturing the fullness of my heart. For me to walk, abide in you until I'm completely swept off my feet. Head over heels, crazy in love with you. Running to every moment that I can be with you. To dwell in your home and listen on repeat your sweet lullaby. <laughs>